Safety first. Reducing the risk of perioperative transmission of Candida auris. By Doe Clay. Recent international outbreaks of emerging pathogens include COVID-19 and MPOX, previously known as monkeypox. Before the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, CDC, reported on threats associated with multidrug-resistant organisms and indicated the severity of such threats. The CDC included Candida auris on the highest severity list and noted that it required urgent and aggressive action. Additionally, the World Health Organization, WHO, ranked C. auris as a critical priority. Candida auris is a yeast that can cause life-threatening systemic infections and does not respond to commonly used antifungal medications. Although specific data are lacking, current estimates show that 30 to 60 percent of patients diagnosed with C. auris have died. Perioperative personnel should be aware of the causes of C. auris infections and ways to prevent transmission. Causes of C. auris transmission In 2009, laboratory personnel isolated C. auris from discharge originating in the external ear canal of a hospitalized patient in Japan and named it accordingly. Although C. auris is closely related to other candida species, it behaves much differently. Rather than originating in the host's flora, it is most often acquired through contact with contaminated surfaces or fomite shed from colonized or infected individuals. Patients infected or colonized with C. auris shed the pathogen from their skin, which can contaminate the environment, including shared medical equipment. Because the pathogen can remain viable on surfaces for prolonged periods, for example, four weeks, it can be transmitted to patients and lead to systemic infection. Traditional biochemical tests for yeast identification may misidentify C. auris as another yeast, and ineffective environmental cleaning can allow it to persist on surfaces, thereby increasing the risk of an outbreak. The first reported healthcare-associated C. auris outbreak occurred between April 2015 and July 2016 in a cardiothoracic center in London. In June 2016, the CDC issued a clinical alert to healthcare facilities, noting that one isolate of C. auris was detected in 2013 and that the pathogen had been identified in nine countries on four continents since 2009. The number of clinical C. auris cases has increased each year since 2016. From 2020 to 2021, that number almost doubled, 755 to 1,470. In December 2022, there were 1,994 clinical cases and 5,071 screening cases, that is, indicating colonization, of C. auris in the United States with the highest incidence in California, Florida, Illinois, Nevada, New York, and Texas. In contrast, from 2013 to 2016, there had only been 63 clinical cases and 14 screening cases reported, occurring only in Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, and New York. Infectious disease transmission results from interaction between the pathogen, a susceptible host, and the environment. 
Infection can occur when the pathogen leaves its host, is carried via a mode of transmission, that is, direct or indirect contact, droplet route, airborne route, and enters a susceptible host. In the United Kingdom, shared portable medical equipment, that is, reusable auxiliary temperature probes, was implicated in an outbreak of C. auris. During a multi-center outbreak of C. auris in Colombia, investigators identified a cluster of cases in a single OR in multiple intensive care units involving four hospital settings. The researchers noted that at one facility, the four patients who contracted C. auris were exposed in the same OR during a three-month period. The patient risk factors for acquiring C. auris are comparable to those associated with other types of candida infections, such as candida albicans, and include 1. Recent surgery 2. Hospitalization in an endemic country outside the United States 3. Extended stays in an intensive care unit 4. Recent care in a post-acute setting, for example, long-term care facility 5. Recent therapy with broad-spectrum antimicrobials 6. The presence of invasive medical devices for example, central venous catheter, feeding tube, and otracheal tube, and 7. Chronic conditions or immunosuppression. The risk of healthy individuals, for example, healthcare workers, HCWs, contracting C. auris is very low. Results of one study show that 258 HCWs who cared for patients diagnosed with C. auris, only 1.39%, tested positive, and that result was likely associated with inadequate hand hygiene because of a skin allergy to the alcohol-based hand rub. Decolonization may appear to be an obvious control measure. There is lack of evidence on the efficacy of chlorhexidine gluconate, CHG, at eradicating C. auris. Patients requiring mechanical ventilation in a skilled nursing facility tested positive for C. auris after routine bathing with CHG. Researchers have suggested that higher concentrations of CHG than those commonly used may be required to inhibit C. auris on the skin. Candida auris can be difficult to kill. Of the disinfectants commonly used for environmental surface cleaning, not all are effective. For example, water-based quaternary ammonium compounds are not effective against C. auris, but phenolics and alcohol-based quaternary ammonium compounds may be. Use of a disinfectant that is not effective against C. auris may contribute to its transmission. Researchers note that the efficacy of mobile ultraviolet light room decontamination devices is unclear. Additional studies on effective methods of C. auris disinfection are needed. Strategies to consider Preventing transmission of epidemiologically important pathogens, such as C. auris, in the perioperative practice setting, requires strict compliance with infection prevention and control, IPC, measures, including 1. Adhering to hand hygiene requirements. 2. Using transmission-based, that is, contact, precautions. 3. Communicating effectively. And 4. Cleaning and disinfecting the healthcare environment with approved products. In addition, 
appropriate screening to identify patients colonized or infected with C. oris, and laboratory surveillance to identify the pathogen, also are needed. Hand hygiene is the most effective action to prevent the spread of infection. The WHO supports using a standardized process when performing hand hygiene. The five moments for hand hygiene are 1. Before touching a patient 2. Before performing a clean or sterile procedure 3. After completing a care task involving body fluids 4. After touching a patient and 5. After touching a patient's surroundings The WHO notes that when care tasks require gloves, Personnel should perform hand hygiene before donning gloves and after removing them. The CDC recommends that personnel follow standard hand hygiene practices, including the use of an alcohol-based hand rub, in the absence of visible soil on the hands. When soil is present, the CDC recommends hand washing with soap and water and notes that wearing gloves does not negate the need to perform hand hygiene. When caring for patients with possible or confirmed C. oris colonization or infection, HCWs should use contact precautions in addition to standard precautions. When implementing contact precautions in perioperative areas, personnel should consult with a facility infection preventionist on required personal protective equipment, PPE, patient transport protocol, patient placement in the facility, and enhanced environmental cleaning practices. Effective communication may help to ensure that HCWs implement IPC measures correctly and consistently. All affected personnel in the receiving patient care area, for example, RNs, surgical technologists, anesthesia technicians, should be notified before transporting a patient with a suspected or known diagnosis of C. oris to a different care area. Such notification should include required IPC measures to prevent microbial transmission. Environmental cleaning and disinfection reduces the risk of cross-contamination between patients and HCWs. Perioperative personnel should perform enhanced environmental cleaning and disinfection, that is, quote, cleaning of surfaces that extends beyond routine cleaning and is performed following the care of a patient who is infected or colonized with a multidrug-resistant organism, end quote, including C. oris. Such cleaning should focus on high-touch areas and all items or surfaces, including equipment, that personnel touch during patient care and involve the use of an Environmental Protection Agency, EPA, registered hospital-grade disinfectant that is effective at eliminating C. oris. The EPA's list P includes agents that are effective against C. oris and supported by laboratory testing documentation. Alternatively, personnel can use a sporocidal agent that is effective against Clostridioides difficile from the EPA's List K. Takeaways for perioperative nurses Perioperative nurses may place appropriate signage at all operating or procedure room entrances to facilitate team communication and effective use of IPC practices. They may consider transporting an inpatient with suspected or confirmed C. oris directly to the OR, thus bypassing the preoperative area. Depending on the surgery schedule, they also may consider recovering the patient in the OR 
to decrease the risk of cross-contamination that may occur in the post-anesthesia care unit. Perioperative nurses should don a gown and gloves when entering a room to care for patients requiring contact precautions and remove their PPE and perform hand hygiene before exiting the room. When transporting patients requiring contact precautions, they should don a gown and gloves, according to the facility's policy, when they anticipate direct contact with a patient during the transport. Perioperative nurses should verify that all reusable and portable non-critical equipment, for example, glucometers, blood pressure cuffs, stethoscopes, used during the care of a patient requiring contact precautions, is cleaned and disinfected after each use, in accordance with the manufacturer's instructions for use, IFU. The process may include providing clear instructions to ancillary personnel regarding who is responsible for cleaning each item and surface to ensure that no items or surfaces are overlooked. Regardless of the product selected, nurses should follow the disinfectant manufacturer's IFU, including applying the product for the stated contact time. Takeaways for perioperative nurse leaders and educators. Perioperative leaders and educators should support personnel who care for patients with suspected or known C. auris. Leaders should participate on an interdisciplinary team comprising perioperative nursing, sterile processing, environmental services, infection prevention, and anesthesia personnel to select disinfectants used in perioperative settings. Perioperative educators or leaders should provide information on the manufacturer's IFU for the selected disinfectants, and leaders should verify staff member competency in environmental cleaning. Leaders also should ensure that personnel have access to the PPE required for use during the care of patients requiring contact precautions. During operative or other invasive procedures, they may assign a resource person to obtain needed supplies during the procedure and hand off these items at the room entrance, thus limiting traffic in and out of the room and conserving PPE.